0: Living and Alter Life. I'm your host, Mike, and I'm excited to be talking to y'all today. So today I want to talk to you about something that is exciting, and that is a 100-mile race. But I'm going to kind of put a little twist on this thing, because that's what I'm here for. I'm going to talk to you about how life is like a 100-mile race. As I began my second season of training for a 100-mile race back in 2018, I began to realize how much like life training for a 100 miler is. Every mile that I ran that year, I learned a ton about how I live my life and how I approach each challenge that comes my way. And it's not just that year. It's gone on since then because I'm doing crazy training right now. I have got a really, really busy fall season coming up, starting with a 24-hour where I'm going to do 100 miles on October 9th. And then I'm going to follow that up with a 13-hour race on November 7th. A eight-hour race on November 24th, a 100K on December 4th, and I'm going to finish the year with the 50K on December 18th. So basically what I'm training for is to push my body like nothing else. And so all these things that I'm going to talk about today apply to how I'm training. So this is things I learned in 2018, but they definitely apply to how I'm training today and how I believe that we need to live our lives treating it every single day like we're running and preparing for a 100 mile race. Here are the similarities that I see of training for a 100 miler and light. The first thing you have to do when you begin training for a 100 miler is to actually go running. I know that seems pretty crazy, but it may seem easy, but there's a lot of challenges that keep you from running. The alarm goes off, you look at the weather report, see that it's gonna be 75 with humidity around 100 and the real temp is going to be 90 and you just go oh my gosh you got to be kidding or if you live out west like I did at the time and it's 20 degrees out snowing and the roads are covered with ice and you know you've got a six mile run schedule but you know it's not going to be fun and what you have to do at that moment in time is you have to decide are you going to roll over and go back to sleep are you going to get your lazy butt out of bed and go hit the road? That's going to happen over and over every single day. It's going to be cold. It's going to be hot. It's going to rain. It's going to snow. There's even going to be some perfect days. Those days that you just go, oh, man, it's a perfect running day. But the fact of the matter is in your training plan, whether it's a 26-week, 32-week, or anything in between, you're going to face so many situations that it's going to be mind-boggling. But if you want to finish a 100-mile race, then you have to do everything that it takes and face every challenge straight on. And this is where life comes in. Every day in life, you're going to face challenges. And sometimes the challenges are so great that you're going to want to curl up in a ball and head back to bed. I know it's hard to believe, but life's not going to be fair. There's not going to be equality. You're not going to be treated the same. And there are even going to be times when life is really good and you'll cruise through life and it'll be grand. This is where you must begin to face every challenge in life straight on without blinking. These are the things that I have learned. Number one is learn to persevere. Running long distances takes perseverance. Because somewhere around 20 miles into a run, you're going to begin to think, I'm going insane. 30 miles into a run, and you're going to begin to feel a little bit of pain. 40 miles into the run, your stomach totally goes out. 50 miles into run, everything starts to feel a little like jelly in your leg, and it gets worse. However, somewhere around 90 miles, you begin to feel like you're a little bit invincible, and everything that hurts begins to fade, and you can literally smell the finish line. Life is going to be just like that. Wouldn't it be awesome if you never had to overcome challenges and life was perfect? Likely not going to happen. So this is where you have to be able to reach inside and pull out of you the greatness that has already been put inside of you. I didn't realize what it meant to overcome until my first 50-mile race when I found myself not being able to hold water or food down around 35 miles into it. Knowing I still had 15 miles to go, I found myself trying to figure out how I was going to finish. I mean, literally sitting there going... I can't keep anything down. Every time I eat, it comes right back up. And I was trying to figure out how am I going to finish. As I cruised into an aid station looking like absolute pure hell, I'm sure the volunteers were thinking I was going to drop. Instead, I had an older gentleman who took me by the arm, walked me over to a chair, and for the next five to ten minutes, he got a half banana down my throat and it stayed down. Then he got some mashed potatoes down my throat and that stayed down. He forced me to drink a lot of electrolyte water. He found a bottle of Ensure that he made me drink. And the whole time he kept saying, you got this, the hard part is done. He was right, and I wish I could have found him to thank him for getting me across the finish line. But that is what life is like, and that's what it should be like. We should all be on the lookout for the people who we come across who are struggling through life, and then we should be like that older gentleman, and we should help keep them moving along the trails of life. See, I believe we are way better humans when we are encouraging other people to keep pursuing big, audacious goals. And that's why life to me is like a 100-miler. One of the other things that I learned about why life is like a 100-miler is that you have to live a disciplined lifestyle. I often get asked why I run ultra-marathons, and the best reply I've ever come up with is that It's not because of the race, it's because of the discipline that it takes to get to the race. It's not the race, it's not the swag you're going to get at the race, it's not any of that stuff. What it is, it's the discipline that it takes to get to the start line. That's what I love about ultra running. I'm not a natural born runner. I don't roll out of bed and look in the mirror and see, hey, runner's body. And truth be told, I'm really not that great of an athlete. But there's one thing that I have learned. And I think it's why I run ultramarathons. Simply put, I can discipline my body to do any challenge I throw at it. And I can overcome adversities like twisted ankles, sore knees, gastrointestinal challenges, you name it, to get through to the other side. That other side being the side that looks back and can confidently say that I've done something special. So one of my first jobs when I got out of the military was selling advertisements on a daily paper that was faxed into offices all across Hampton Roads. At the time, and this will show my age, it was a new and pretty interesting one-page piece that always had a section for what was happening, a section with office tips, and another section with some good, clean humor. And then underneath those sections were all these various size ads that would go to thousands of offices every single morning. I have no idea how many of the faxes were read or even how the media company went about building their fax list. All I knew is that I would get a paycheck at the end of the week if I successfully sold companies on advertising with our medium. I also found out the hard way, of course, that this type of advertising was a very, very narrow niche type of advertising. And it turned out that to get to yes, it took about 15 to 20 businesses to tell me no. So not knowing the owners of these businesses, my strategy was to drive to a different section of town every day and then to go one by one through the different businesses in the area, introducing myself, getting the name of the owner or the person in charge of making advertising decisions. I didn't try to sell them right then. Unless they were in a really good mood and asked me to stay. But I'd get their name and number and promise to call in a couple of days. My routine was to try and stop into at least 20 businesses before 9.30 a.m. every morning. Those 20 stop-offs, or cold calls as people call them, usually netted me between 7 to 10 names and numbers that I could call. Then I would go into my office and from 10 to 11, I would make as many phone calls as I possibly could. Sometimes I'd engage in sales over the phone, but a lot of times what i do is set an appointment to go see that person. The goal was to make a minimum of 30 phone calls during that hour. On a really good day, I could get a commitment to at least run to one or two places, and I could get one or two experimental ads, a small ad that cost them about $25 to $30 per issue, and I could send anywhere from three to five meetings for a future day from those phone calls. Then I'd eat a quick lunch, fast food, that's why I was fat, and then I'd head off for my in-person meetings, which I tried to do at least three to five in the afternoon. For these meetings, I was either meeting go over ad copy or to sell the actual ad, but at least half of my in-person meetings ended up being revenue-generating meetings. By being disciplined to work the numbers and knowing that for every yes that I received, there were a whole lot of people telling me no, I found that the discipline was paying off, resulting in me making a fairly decent living. It was hard work with a great payoff. I learned not to be afraid of hard work, And I'm certainly not afraid of somebody telling me that they don't want to do business with me. Now, what this taught me that I have brought forward into the ultra running lifestyle and why life is like a hundred miler is that if you're disciplined with what you're doing, eventually you're going to break through and you're going to be successful. See, a lot of people, they, you mentioned the word discipline and their mind swings back to, you know, the paddle or something like that. But for me, this whole work-life thing and building an ultra-life, living an ultra-life, that full life that's truly worth living, that means that I get off the couch, I get out of my comfort zone, I stretch myself, continually stretch myself. I've labeled this my living with no regrets type of living, and the trail markers to get to a life of discipline, they're really fairly obvious. Discipline is not a bad thing. Discipline is that thing that gets you over the hump in life and in a 100 miler. When you're at mile 70 of a 100 mile race and you feel like absolute crap, discipline is what's gonna get you the next 30 miles. The discipline you put into your daily habits is what gets you there. So finally, the third lesson I want to talk to you about in why life is like a 100 miler is simply this, and I call this the living a life of no regrets. Regret is a very poor partner in life. It's like wrapping a boa constrictor around your neck and expecting that you'll continue to keep breathing. Regret keeps us from truly living because it's constantly trying to pull us back down into the pit of what if and if only I, which is worse than the pit of despair, Bonus points to, do to you that know where that which movie that comes from, and it can leave us feeling less than Wesley, who is only mostly dead. Regret in its finest hour leaves us feeling like we're at mile twenty-two of a twenty-six point two mile marathon, knowing we have at least one more hill to climb before mercifully the race ends. Regret can only leave us feeling down and out, and like we're never going to live again. It's a most miserable place to be, and I would say most of us pretty well know it. But if we know it, why do we allow ourselves to live with regret? To allow ourselves to be pulled down into this pit that we seemingly can't climb out of. When I finished my first marathon, October 30th, 2011, here I am, this 225-pound guy who had slimmed down only a year before from about 255, and I'm wearing Kangoo boots, and I'm bouncing along the Marine Corps Marathon path in Washington, D.C., and as I rounded the last corner to go up Iwo Jima Hill to the Marine Corps finish line, I saw this big sign, and the words F-I-N-I-S-H, and I'm telling you, my eyes filled with sweat. Okay, they might have been tears. But that was probably one of the hardest things I had done. And at mile 20 of that race, I felt like quitting. I really, it it just, I was like, I was done. The people I had started the race with, they had fallen way back. I didn't even know where they were. At one point, I ran back a mile to see how they were doing, to give them some gels, to see if there was anything I could do to help them finish. And they weren't sure if they were going to finish or not. So I just kept on going. And when I rounded that hill for the last .2 miles up Iwo Jima Hill, it was the most incredible feeling I've ever had in my life. And I've topped it many times. JFK 50 miler is a, is a, a huge memory for me. My first Bighorn Mountain Scenic run finish was huge. There's been other races the Tommy Knocker 12-hour race that I finished after a disastrous year of running to get a big hug by Sherpa John LaCroix and know that I had just done something that was amazing. And that, and that race was funny because that was the race that I'm coming down to the finish line. And this girl who i had run into on the different loops during the day, very young girl, probably in her 20s, she came up on me and she's like, what mile are you at? And I told her the mile and she's like, crap how the hell did you get more miles than me because she was just bopping around and i'm just my slow turtle self going around the course it's just that i never stopped yeah that was kind of fun I'll, i'll always have great memories of that my wife was there every finish line that i have crossed i will tell you the most significant part of every finish line is my forever girlfriend who has been married to me for 35 years but Quite frankly, she's been putting up with me for 42 years because we met when we were 15. My forever girlfriend, Jenny Horner, is the most incredible voice to hear as you're coming up to the finish line. Because that cheer will just bring a smile to your face. It will make you instantly feel good no matter how bad you felt the last portion of the race. It is always a delight to cross the finish line and see my best friend in life there. That is why life is like a 100-miler. So let me just kind of go over those real quick. Perseverance, discipline, live with no regrets, and finish with your best friend there. That'll be my fourth point. And maybe that's the most important. Always finish whatever you're doing with your best friend surrounding you. That's it for this week's edition of Living an Ultra Life. I hope you guys are living life to the full. And grabbing everything you can and running outrageous distances that everybody thinks insane because that's what living an ultra life is all about.